welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 10, Episode 1, titled Tens Across the Board. My name is Joe Batance, and I am joined, as always, by one ovulating co-host. From the podcast, Pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Taylor, the latte boy. <laughs> Hello, Taylor, the latte boy. <laughs> that was awesome. We apologize for everybody that was just deafened by that with earbuds in. So that is not the one I expected you to, to grab. Oh, what did you expect me to grab? I was expecting you to grab Dairy Lake going, I love carbs, I love bread. When I heard when I heard oh. her say that, I thought, oh, that's the clip he's going to pull from You know me. what? No, to be honest with you, I know it ruins the element of surprise, but in the future, if that happens, please, please, please... Um, Text me, like that's if you, and you can kind of approximate timestamp because okay. so, sometimes I'm doing work, especially during that one. I was furiously writing, and so mm-hmm. I missed Darian saying that. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So in the future, if you're like that, would be a good one. Tell me because sometimes I, I miss them because I'm writing or whatnot. So uh, anyway, Taylor the Latte Boy, how are you? Welcome to the remainder of episode one. Yes. Tens across the board. Yes. And and once yes. again, another night of uh, of uh, Babalu free. Yes, this is my first. I've gone officially 20, 36, 40, 42 hours mm-hmm. with no Babalu in the house. Mm-hmm. I will say I had trouble going to sleep last night. I As exhausted as I was, especially after taping the show, we taped the show really early. I figure, oh, I'm going to be in bed at like 8 o'clock. Yeah. By quarter after 12, I was looking at the – I was looking at – on my iPad and just like I uh, just just go to sleep. You're going to be exhausted tomorrow, especially because knowing today is such a long day with yeah. my it's my long day at work. Then I have to come home, watch the show, mm-hmm. hang out with you. Mm-hmm. So it's an exhausting day, both physically and emotionally. You know, to be honest with you, I almost if you weren't at work today, you would have gotten a frantic uh, phone call from me for a session. Even though it's still my, even though we're not we're not we already recorded form decor. After last night's episode. So Taylor right. and I are not officially doing a form decor last night, tonight. But there may be a, a, an impromptu private form decor because I was going through it. And, and I knew, I realized it's me. I don't want to get too in. I, I, it happened during RuPaul Radio. Okay. Uh, there was a topic in the chat room that triggered me. And I, wanted, I, said this, I said this in the chat room and I'll say it again here. No one said anything wrong. No one said anything bad. It was just a, a particular topic that I... And this is the thing is that I realize it's 100% me. Okay? So it's not something where I'm like, oh, god damn that person. You know, blah, 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 blah. No, the, uh, to be honest with you, I love... Evan, what did you do? Evan, what did <laughs> no, you do? No, you know what? I have to say something. Uh, Patreon co-host and, as we could say, cyber boyfriend Evan Ayers was the stand-in for Taylor today. And he uh, let me, like work through it with him when he got off work he called me and okay. yeah because i was like i was just i realized i mean i guess it's, it's it's annoying when it's i'm being vague right now so i'm vague casting but yeah. um it was just because let me put it let me put it this way oh no i think it'll give too much of a hint to people who were there when i'm when i'm was upset okay about. then well that you just you but anyway the moment. point is like but let me i can say this i can say this what I've chalked it up to is, and this is what I told Evan, and, and I'm sure you're going to nod your head and no one can hear that, 
is this is a horrible thing to say on episode one of season 10. I need to take a break from this show. I'm too into this show right now. I'm too. It's like when you have that boyfriend you're obsessed with. You know? Yeah, there have been some private conversations with some other co-hosts of some podcasts that I'm on that I'm a little worried that you're a little too deep into RuPaul's panties. Yeah. So and speak. so, uh, you know what it was? Is, is Because of the transition between All-Stars 3 and Season 10, it's basically double the work. Does that make sense? No, it's more than double the work, because All-Stars 3 was only eight episodes. This is almost double that. No, I'm talking about this particular week, because I was wrapping up shows. I was, oh, I was producing okay. content. I you total, yeah. total experience. Oh, no, wait. That's just me. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I was producing content for wrapping up All-Stars 3, and then mm-hmm. producing content in, in anticipation of season 10. So just my whole universe for the past seven days has been mm-hmm. RuPaul's Drag Race. Every waking moment. You know? Yeah. Whether it's writing and editing and putting together the song we had on the last episode, whether it's working on Rulaska thoughts, whether it's working on Rumor Mill, whether it's where I mean, just in fact, I even feel Rumor Mill suffered this week because I just I didn't have the bandwidth, you know, yeah. to prepare for the emotional it. bandwidth, you mean any kind of bandwidth, mental bandwidth, you know, just bandwidth. So, uh, so that's anyway i know what you mean that like after this episode is done and that's what i was saying is i'm going through it right now and i told evan i said i'm saying this and i know this but in two hours i'm gonna start my seven hour shift of rupaul's drag race recap but after but after today to be honest with you because we already did form decor after today all i really have this is very interesting to the audience all I really have is Sirius xm radio channel 105 on 101 with larry flick tomorrow and then i can take a big break yeah, well, that that's good. Yeah. I have established, because especially um, last year when it felt like we were boom, boom, boom with All-Stars, uh, no, with season nine and then doing season six and all the stuff that went along with that. And then was All-Stars 2 last year? No, All-Stars 2 was the year before that. Mm-hmm. And also doing Pod as my co-pilot. You know, one thing that I have said to uh, new podcasters who say they want to start a podcast, they listen to Pod as my co-pilot, or they listen to our show or something. I always say, if it does, if it is not fun to you, when it stops being fun, that's when you stop doing the show. Well, guys, this and- is the last episode of RuPaul's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I, this is, we got really dark for you know it's such a colorful show. But what I what I'm saying is that there was a time last year where it felt like. It felt like it was a second job. Yeah. Where between everything that was going on with taping Pod as my co-pilot and everything that was going on with this show, and you you get you get I love you. You mm-hmm. get a little crazy with this show where it's you you get a little deep, like it sounds like you're getting now. And there were times that you, where you made the joke of where you I would see my phone ring and go, oh god. There were a couple times I did that. Not that I didn't want to talk to you. I just didn't want to talk about Drag Race, and I didn't want to talk about the plans for the show and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I but I'm glad that we did, and I'm glad that where we are now. I want you to take care of yourself, and that means occasionally walking away from this. Well, yeah. Evan had recommended he like why don't we just, why don't we we don't do rumor mill on Monday. You know, this that yeah. way you have like close to a week off, you know. And I was like, no, I could still do rumor mill. It it really was. I think even though it was a three minute song, I think the song and putting together the all the stuff that I went on Patreon this week was just it was juggling five million different things. And I think, yeah, uh, you know, putting all this extra content together because then we remember we also did 
two shows this week where we did the Meet the Queens and we're doing mm-hmm. this. So, I mean, it was like basically really triple probably really what I usually do. So, all right. So then I am going to, I am going to say something. You're going to do the rumor mill yeah. Monday? No, no, I am not. <laughs> uh, no, but I, but related to that, yeah. as your friend mm-hmm. and as your not licensed in California internet therapist, I am going to tell you to take Monday off from the rumor mill. Because here's why. One, you need a break. Two, I know that you said that you need to kind of pace out the the rumors and the gossip and stuff for season 10 so far. I believe I heard you say something like that. Two, three, what I said before, number third, to quote Raven, what I said before, if you aren't enjoying this process, our listeners are going to hear that. And it is going to make it where listeners think to themselves, we can go to another show where they really seem to want to talk about it more. You know what I think I'll do is I'll do I'll do something in the middle. It depends on a friend of the show and actually not friend of the show. <laughs> it, Cyber boyfriend Evan Ayers. What I think might be smartest is if he can do either tomorrow, uh, tomorrow would be great because I'm already working at tomorrow anyway, and we do the a, a, a not live rumor mill. Does that makes sense. So I get it all done Friday. Okay. And then, all right. Well, that's yeah. That, I'll, that, I'll, that's a compromise. I'll talk to Evan, and then that yeah. way it's done. And then and then that way after that I'm literally done. Until next episode. Alaska thoughts. Yeah. But the Alaska thoughts will be fun. It'll be my cousin and stuff like that. And I don't have to edit it. It'll be live to tape. And someone else someone else is doing all the technical side. I strangely have a cousin who <laughs> this is the funniest thing. He decided to start a podcast. He has mm-hmm. yet to make one episode. He has spent the past year building a professional studio in his garage. And it was just finished. With like microphones and everything, uh, actually, you know, the part- weird boards that nobody knows what they do with all of the knobs and dials and and switches and stuff. To be honest with you, when you and Evan are out here, maybe we should record an episode at that studio. That'd be cool. I assumed that we would all record an episode live in the same. Well, room. you know, because when well, even we would have we would be make sense because even though it'll be late, this is boring. Anyone listening, even though it'll be late, we're gonna be at the taping on the night of the f- top four. So okay. we'll have to do an episode anyway. Maybe we'll go over there and do an episode. We'll maybe we'll do two where we talk about the finale that we put out way later, and then we do the one that uh, that covers a recap of that episode that aired Thursday night. It'll be a little late, but whatever. People can deal. Yeah. Anyway, enough show business. Okay, and we before before we end on that. Yeah. We do appreciate all of our listeners. We stews do still love the show. We both enjoy doing the show. You know, just sometimes. It's it's work. It's fun, but it also is work. And sometimes the work outweighs the fun a little bit more. Well, I think with me, what happens is I love it too much. Well, yes. that that And that's part two of that, uh, that you, you become a little obsessed. This week, 14 brand new contestants walk into a brand new workroom, shake their tail feathers in front of former contestants, create their best drag on a dime, and walk the runway for special guest judge... Christina Aguilera. Mayhem Miller and Ms. Cracker were the strongest runway looks, while Calorie, Dusty, and Vanessa were placed in the bottom. In the end, RuPaul pitted Vanessa and Calorie against each other in a lip-sync battle for their lives. Calorie made it rain and Vanessa lost a shoe, but in the end, Vanessa Mateo was the first contestant of season 10 to sashay away Taylor the Latte Boy, named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. 
Okay, the first thing that I liked about the episode is I think I have a favorite. Ooh. If I don't have a favorite, she is definitely in my top three so far. Ooh. Well, you know, I, be... I, you know what I have to say to that? <laughs> oh, God, you're not going to no. play this whole thing, are you? Okay. So. <laughs> so, um, and that would be... Okay, sorry. I won't do that again, I promise. Well, that was me getting ready to announce <laughs> everybody. That, that wasn't a recording. That time, that was me doing that. Yeah. I fucking love that song. That is. That, did I put that on the list for possible lip sync for your lives? I don't know, but here's what's funny is there was a different rumor. So the rumor was that that wasn't going to be the song. The, the, the rumor, actually, and I'll actually play it. The rumor that was, you know, out there, because now we can talk. We can always talk about rumors after they've happened. Um, right was that this would be the song. Ah. Dirty. Oh, this is a good, this is a good song, but this is I okay. So anyway, um listener Cold Corker, Patreon supporter and listener Cold Corker said in the chat room, God, I uh really wish that they would have done instead Ain't No Other Man. That would be awesome. So yeah. he like literally called it on Monday. But he didn't yeah, know. I, I saw I saw the Patreon comment. Yeah, that, that he said that. Um, okay, so my so the the artist uh, that I am talking about is Blair Saint Clair. I think I have fallen in love with a kindergartner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I loved her looks. I loved I loved her runway look. I know we're going to talk about runway looks later. There's just something about her that I I love her aesthetic. So if she keeps going in that general direction, she's going to be somebody that I'm really going to like through the season. Uh, something else that I liked was I love when they bring back the old queens, when they bring back the old contestants. So to have that many of them in the room while they were walking. And I know it's kind of, for the most part, the standard. There are certain ones you're never going to get back. But, you know, Raja will come to the opening of an envelope. Not Raja. Raven will come to the opening of an envelope. Uh so that was fun to see that. I kind of liked that mini challenge. It was very, I think it was almost cut, edited too quickly. So you couldn't really appreciate some of the walks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was it was fun seeing. There was a couple of them I didn't recognize, too, that I was sort of like, uh, I don't remember who that is. And a couple of them that weren't in HD the first time I watched it, but I watch it now in HD, and they are terrifying. Yeah. So... And what didn't you like? I did not like, and this is unfortunately going to be something I'm, we're, I think we're going to have to deal with the entire season. I don't like that every episode is going to be 90 minutes. <laughs> it felt like there was a lot of, I can only watch, you know, uh, Monet cut up sponges so many times while she's getting her. I, I, it, it just, you know, I get that there's 14 of them. You expect those episodes to be a little bit longer. As it whittles down, there's going to be so much filler that is going to be, I think, very frustrating. Yeah, like what the, about you? There were little just to jump just to jump on your point. There were little plot lines. You know, I'm taking notes the entire time that I'm watching, like because I have to anticipate like this could be a, important later, and like and there's right. all these notes I have for things that they sort of hinted at. I'm like, oh, this is like Eureka's like. I think I'm going to grab this stuffed dog. I'm like, some bitch is going to want that dog or is going to steal yeah. it, and it was like. No, she just wanted a stuffed dog. Yeah. And it wasn't important at all. Yeah, and that's the kind of yeah. stuff you get when that happens, yeah. 
And that's not one of those things that, you know, three episodes from now when, you know, Mayhem Miller is screaming at her, you took that dog in the front. That's not something that you're ever going to you're ever going to see again. No, obviously the stuff between Aquaria and Ms. Cracker with the makeup Mm -hmm. scenario, that's obviously something that's going to come back. And that was also something that was talked about in Untucked tonight. Mm -hmm. While Joe was writing the script, I watched Untucked to make sure we didn't miss anything. Mm -hmm. Um but I, yeah, that's not necessarily that, that, that I'm not looking forward to 90 minute episodes. 90 minute episodes are why I stopped watching Project Runway when they moved over to Lifetime and every single episode was that. And then it just turned into it felt like 20 minutes of that is Tim Gunn with his, you know, resting his hand in his chin going, this concerns me. You know, it, it's I don't need that. I just do the challenge, show a fight, do the runway send a bitch home. That's that's what I want. I want that efficient drag race episode. Well, they were just nice for us because we were like, oh, thank God. Because there was no one tucked. It was just the, the one hour. Oh, we love those nights. Yeah. But I think if you're at a bar, it makes it extra. You know what, though, to be honest with you, is I'm an old man, you know, Taylor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, whenever I go to a bar to watch it, you're, you're well, the bars that I've gone to, maybe I have to find one that where they have like stools. But the ones that I've gone to, you're standing the whole time, and it's like I'm so tired at the end. It's like, ugh. Well, but you're tired, and you're also probably parched, so you're buying drinks. Yeah, but uh, but I need a place to sit down and watch the show. And then also, the one that I've always gone to, you can't hear it, even though I've been, I've seen some on videos where like, oh, they play it loud. Because sometimes you can't hear it. You have to read the closed captioning. You're not, you're not missing it. But there is something fun about the energy of the audience. So anyway, that's good for bars. They're going to have a two-hour show. Even though, like, I don't feel like... Eight un- o'clock, oh, though. But I know over here it is. But also, Untucked isn't the kind of show that you're like, oh, I need to watch Untucked at a drag race viewing party. You know, because it's a lot of talking. Yeah. And there was a lot of talking over each other on Untucked tonight. I was very... Mm-hmm. Like who's to, who's to talking, who's saying what, and a lot of where they're all screaming and stuff. So yeah, it's it's a large cast right now. I I obviously it's going to get whittled down slowly, mm-hmm. but it's you know, uh, you know, I was a big fan of Ms. Cracker. Like it, it I, I I touched on this in the episode last time. And what's funny is Trixie actually wrote a tweet similar. She said like, "This is what I imagine I look like," or something like, or something yeah, with a picture of Trixie. I mean of Miss Cracker. Yeah. And um, Miss Cracker, humor-wise, is everything what I've always wanted these comedy queens to be. Like, even Bianca Del Rio. Bianca Del Rio, on her first episodes, was very extra. She was extra Bianca Del Rio. And it came off very mm-hmm. contrived. Like, she had her canned jokes that she was forced, you know, forcing in. It wasn't until Bianca got more natural that we started to see the, the Bianca that we all know and love. But um, Ms. Cracker... Uh, I thought was charming from the get-go, like made me laugh, had funny jokes. I'm a big Miss Cracker fan. Taylor, you have something to say. It's funny you mentioned Bianca and the evolution of Bianca because I talked about on season six, the season six episodes, about the moment I fell in love with Bianca. And there was an article today on Vox about 11 moments that, you know, gagged everybody. And they pretty much did a moment from each season, Mm -hmm. from season one all the way up to season nine and the All-Stars. And the moment they talked about with Bianca, they talked about Bianca generally, but the moment when she offered Adora her cincher. And that that was the moment that she showed a vulnerability and she showed a sense of compassion that she hadn't shown before. And that's when people fell in love with her. Yeah, but, okay. 
I just, I just, I just wanted to feel validated because oh, okay. you always make fun of me whenever I talk with you. You're like, oh, here he goes. Well, no, about that he, bitch with the he, censure and da 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 da. You bringing up every girl. Why y'all gagging? You bringing up every single goddamn fucking episode whenever Bianca Del Rio's name is mentioned. Uh, I love that moment. I love that moment. It'll be right it's one up of my favorite season. moments. And then I also I liked the mini challenge, even though it wasn't a perfect mini challenge to me. I love the concept of it. I love the idea of those queens being there, but. There were some queens who they just. Uh, I I wanted more energy. Some of the queens brought the energy. We'll and we'll we'll discuss yes. it when we get to the mini challenge itself. But I won. I was expecting <laughs> more from some of the queens, and so it was like I love the concept of the mini challenge. I wish I, I wish they would do that every season. I like it that much to watch them. Yeah. work the runway just to work it. But mm-hmm. um, there were some. I think because of the surprise of it all. There were some who didn't, who weren't prepared and didn't really live up to it. And then the, what I didn't like, I don't know what, somewhat, what fucking bug went up her ass, but Michelle was fucking extra on the judges panel this week. Uh, yeah, they, they, they definitely did the reaction of another queen while she was critiquing somebody similar to the Fifi O'Hara, oh my God, of Under a Breath of All Stars 2. I thought Michelle looked particularly pretty tonight. But you're right. She was a little. Oh well, I'm I'm going to be the big mean girl that's going to tell everybody. You know, the, the 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 mean coach that that really that's how we show love kind of thing. And we're going to try to hit everybody out of the gate. Oh, she reminds me of the assistant coach that's trying to impress the coach, and so it's mean to the stu- to the kids on the team to show the yeah. the head coach that she that she knows her job. She can be tough. Yeah, that she can be yeah. tough. I don't know. It was I didn't like she kept everything she said to Mel. It just seemed it, it came it seemed like it came from a mean place, and that's one of the things that bothers me about Michelle is she does say these mean, cruel things, but then she always like does it. But I'm saying it from she hides behind I'm this ally of the LGBTQA community. What really bothers me is when she says she's a member of it, you know, because she's an ally, and I'm like, bitch, no one is coming for you because you're you're straight. No one's coming for you there. Does that yeah. make sense? So, like, I would never venture to say I'm a woman because I said it for feet. I don't because I don't know what it's like to be a woman, and nor would I say right. that about being black or Asian. Like, just because you support it, and we thank you for your support, and she does do so much in terms of support. But like, but you know, to be honest with you, though, I don't think she does. Is getting to another topic because when there was that RuPaul controversy, that bitch shut the, her fuck up because she knows where her paycheck comes from. And to me, if you're really an ally of the LGBTQA community plus whatever, then you it, it means speaking truth to power. And I don't yeah. think she has the, the courage or the strength of conviction to speak truth to power. Ultimately, she's afraid that she'll lose her job. And so she didn't say anything. She only applauded when he apologized. And that's what I didn't like about this episode. On the previous episode of the show, we discussed the workroom entrances. On this episode, we're going to analyze the remainder of the episode. First, RuPaul entered the workroom to a star-struck group of contestants and immediately jumped into this week's mini-challenge. After the commercial, we were in a studio with a catwalk surrounded by former contestants. Eureka was the first person in the room, and RuPaul explained the challenge to her. I've invited back some of my favorite queens from the past decade to help me judge this challenge. To win, you must slay the runway. Do whatever it takes to stand out from this legendary crowd. On the runway, the current cast of queens strutted their stuff in a catwalk battle for 
the ages. First up was Eureka O'Hara. Tana Vellante, boy, your thoughts on Eureka's runway walk. Oh, we're talking about each specific Well, just like if you can remember Shit. kind of off the top. Okay, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. You're right. That would be, okay. that would be tough to do. And I don't know if I could that, do it. Were there any standouts for you? What were the standout moments for you? Well, the standout was Aquarius slapping Jinx. That was that was a standout moment for on multiple layers. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Monet Exchange, mm-hmm. who won the who won the challenge yeah. uh, when she did the whole three, you know, where she kind of did the kind of did the death drop three times sort of thing, mm-hmm. like the the joke of it. Um, I so get Bob with her, even when she talks, she sounds like Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think who else go through. Well, they have Eureka. Mayhem Miller went out there. I think she did a decent job. Mayhem was pretty good. I liked Mayhem. Ms. Cracker did a sort of funny version. You know, she realized, so she kind of, she worked around, but she was sort of funny about it. Yeah. I didn't like Asia's. Asia doing the the broken leg thing where she kind of was doing this weird hobble. Uh I didn't like that. And I remember I did not like uh, Dusty Ray Bottoms. Where we're having like a moment standing amongst all of these these queens. I remember I remember more of the ones I didn't like versus the ones that I I did like. Well, with Dusty Ray Bottoms, what's funny is I had forgotten that I'd made the Tempest Du Jour comparison. And when she was mm-hmm. walking, I was like, oh shit, she looks like she's Tempest Du Jour. And then Tempest Du Jour threw shade at her about how boring yeah. she was. And I was like, they're the same person. I guess I would have liked it more if it was almost like they have to walk a gauntlet. Mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah. of where which i get that's kind of what this was but rather than people sending them accolades where it's almost like you know there was there was a in the um in the comic book the walking dead there was a scene where they had to walk a gauntlet where they had to go through all of these zombies that were clawing and screaming at them and everything so it would have almost been funnier especially with some of these baby queens who have watched these other queens for 10 years if they had them where they got where they read them to filth while they were walking and had to show poise and confidence rather than you know you get especially if some of the queens are ones that are related by drag family or that they know each other i think that would have even made it interesting as well from a psychological standpoint to see who really has has what it takes to walk up and down that runway from people who they consider to be legends and icons reading them to filth uh yeah you know i i I was fine with the setup of it all i just wish I guess I wish it wasn't a surprise that the girls could really work it. Even though, again, you know, uh, I will say Mon- uh, Monet Exchange, who won, she really, really, really brought it. I was expecting more, believe it or not, from Aquaria. You hear, and Aquaria's looks are fierce, but I was still expecting more from Aquaria. Um, mm. But yeah, other than that, a lot of them were not very memorable. I actually, believe it or not, even though her dress was coming apart, I really liked the Vixens. But I'm just smitten with the vixen as a boy. I don't get that oh, at all. God, I think he's. I so do not get that at all. Cute. I like the, vi- so the vixen. Cute. The vixen in Untucked. The vixen's going to be trouble. Well, the vixen. She came to she, fight. She. I came to fight, which was also is just the dumbest phrase. Opening phrase. Um, I, I. She. She's going to try to stir shit up between Aquaria and Cracker. So, and she pretty much said she's going to do it. Hmm. Uh, any other standouts from that? Anything you remember? No, I, I, it was, I, I was, again, I love when they bring back the, uh, 
previous contestants right. for different things. Okay. Back in the workroom, RuPaul announced Monet Exchange as the winner of the first mini-challenge of the season. Earlier, as the girls de-dragged, the girls lusted after Karen Michaels while Yuhua has trouble discerning the black queens from each other when they're out of drag. I don't recognize you at all. Which one are you? Mayhem. Mayhem? Mayhem? <laughs> Mayhem. Which one are you? <laughs> Vixen. Damn. Monique. Which one are you, girl? Dang, we, all, we all don't look alike. Oh, girl. Monique is over there. Who the f*** are you, then? Uh, Asia! 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 Thing, she is all confused by the black people getting out of drag. <laughs> she done went down the whole line of chocolate girls. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, Taylor the Latte Boy, any thoughts on uh, what happened with um, Yuhua not remembering or not being able to tell all the black girls apart? Uh, it was a funny moment. They all seem to take it with a, with a sense of humor, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Because that could have gotten real ugly real fast. Yeah. Imagine if you um, were there and you're like, okay, you're Kennedy, you're Shay. Right. <laughs> I didn't say they were Kennedy and Shay. I said they remind me of Kennedy and Shay. Uh-huh. Um, Mayhem is a boy? It makes my bathing suit area feel weird. Mayhem is a boy? Mayhem is a boy. Oh, really? Yes. Why is that? Yeah, something about Mayhem is super, super cute. Oh, really? See, May- because- Mayhem doesn't do it for me. Mayhem kind of looks like okay, and this is somebody that I used to have a I used to have a crush on years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of these like you're gonna you're gonna make a face, but I used to kind of have a crush on Alfonso Ribeiro on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh god! <laughs> and he kind of looks like Alfonso Ribeiro, like like a younger Twinkie Alfonso Ribeiro, mm-hmm. and I that's just that's what I that's what I get from it. Now, by the way, I don't like Monet Exchange with the glasses, but without the glasses. Yeah, she can get it. Yeah. If she wants. There's a bunch of them that can get it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Really? Oh, there's some. Now that I said uh, there's a bunch. I know you're... There's, there's is, what, you know what's so funny? We would have asked the audience four weeks ago, who would be the one that's so thirsty for Blair St. Clair? I'm not... Th- no, wait, 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 wait. Hold the phone. You I told me you wanted to get McMartin Blair's. Preschool on her. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay. Is that that documentary? Your documentary. Anyway, go ahead. You wanted to get all gymnastics doctor on her. Oh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. I don't find her cute. I mean, she's she's cute, but she's not somebody that I'm like, ooh, hey, what are you doing? So you're saying if you were single and Blair St. Clair wanted to get some, you'd be like, no, it's okay. Honestly, probably, yes. You know what? I'll be honest with you. So would I. Well, right. You talked about that on Meet the Queen. She looks like a puppet that a fairy granted a wish and she wanted to be a real boy. <laughs> oh. She- of the twinks that are there, mm-hmm. let me let me go through. Um, I don't find uh, Aquaria attractive. Wrong. As a, Very as attractive a as a boy. No, the, the the pretension and the eyebrows, that's, that's not... Um, Let's see. Who are the other twinks that are there? Well, There's Ms. Cracker. Ms. Cracker's cute as a boy. Okay. She is. I agree. She kind of has a little bit of that Violet Chachki as a boy thing with the frat handle on the top, but, uh, but she's I'm going to be honest with you. I'm gonna, can I be honest with you for some? For you, you can always be honest with me. I had a little private time with uh, Violet Chachki's um, porno the other day. 
They make a wicked oh. gown. I know. I just really like Please it. Please don't be honest with me anymore. Yeah, I really, I really like it. I'm not. I know. I know you just. Don't, you're not a fan, but I'm a fan. <laughs> Is that the noise you made when you came? Yeah. So anyway, okay. <laughs> All right. You know what? The reason that it's a weird place to stop is that I originally was going to stop. At, we were going to stop and talk after. I was going to put it all together with uh, the workroom. I mean, sorry, the mini challenge, but forgot to do that. Right before the break, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's main stage challenge. Now, ladies, to kick off a new decade of drag, we're going back to our roots. As in, back to the very first challenge from the very first episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. We call it Drag on a Dime. For this week's Maxi Challenge, you need to create million dollar looks using a bunch of junk from the 99 cent store. Now you can use your own hair, heels and undergarments, but everything else that meets the eye should be bargain bin beautiful. In the workroom, the girls rushed to work with the materials they were able to salvage. Eureka chooses a stuffed animal. Dusty and Blair seem to be on the same wavelength in terms of their outfits. Yuhua is a seamstress, but her design skills are questionable. And Miss Cracker explained how her own background will serve her well in this challenge. Do you make a lot of your outfits? I really like making things from stuff that I find on the street. Like in the literal street? Oh, in the actual street. When we were growing up, I was really, really poor. So we had to improvise. My mother is an artist who learned to make fabulous things on a dime. So my mother taught me to comb the streets for garbage I liked and to make it into something fascinating by sunset. There's something really rewarding about the challenge of like, looking at something like on the street and being like, okay, what could this be in another life? And I love that. Taylor, any thoughts here on uh, what we learned during this act about specifically, well, obviously Eureka choosing a stuffed animal who gives a shit. Right. Dusty and Blair, that turned out to be nothing either, right? That was like, oh. Yeah. yeah, That was just sort of a a little, like, you know. Like all the padding. Yeah. yeah, They're they're almost like cock teasing with the drama. Yeah. You know, other than the makeup between, uh, which we'll get to uh, with with the two twinks, it, it it didn't really necessarily feel like there was a lot of. You know what it reminds me of? Remember drama. in season six, there was an episode where they made it seem right before the commercial that a door wasn't going to have her dress finished, and yeah. she's like, ah, oh, she falls on the floor, and like like it's like it's glue or sewed to her her um, her form, her and, yeah. and then like and they go to commercial, and they come back and they never reference it ever again. She walks down the the runway perfectly fine. It reminds me of that whole thing where it was like none of the stuff I just said ever came to any came never, to never paid off or anything. But what did you yeah. think about what? Maybe we got a little peek into Miss Cracker's background. Is there anything that, that helped you there? Anything came up in Untucked? What that tells me is that she's going to be around for a while because because they're, they're they're willing to lay the story out for her. They're willing to they they want you to. I th- I think that they are trying to wet- set you up to fall in love with Cracker, mm-hmm. and and doing this is where you know you tell the story of the poor mom, you know the poor creative mom that that was super supportive of her little gay boy, mm-hmm. you know future artist, and like you know sent him out and gave him these challenges and he worked on them and everything like that. That's something that 
is there's something very appealing to that story. Mm-hmm. And I think that th- th- they're doing that. They would not invest that kind of emotional bandwidth on him if they weren't planning on having him around for a while, which I'm fine with, which I'm fine with. I, 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 I enjoy Cracker. <laughs> Shut up. I will say when she said in the main stage that her original name was Brianna Cracker, I laughed out loud. Yeah, unfortunately, I had heard that. Uh, I think that might have been in the Meet the Queens video. Oh, really? Where she said that. Yeah, she said that. And then that would have been that, that would have been awesome. I don't watch this show. It's elimination day and the girls are getting ready for the runway. Calorie's dress seems questionable. The girls throw shade at Vixen's dress. Mayhem is intent on going far in the competition. Ms. Cracker has a book of looks that she relies on. Dusty uses dots for eyebrows and Eureka shared her struggle with her knee. So Eureka, last season you ended up falling and hurting yourself? I mean, Oh, my knee? Yeah. It was a lot, you know? It was hard, of course. The surgery was a lot tougher than I ever imagined. I didn't you even... Had to have surgery. I had really to have surgery, surgery, yeah. I tore my ACL and my knee completely. Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't even know if I would be able to dance again. Like, ugh, I'm gonna get emotional. How was, like, the recovery process for you? It was horrible. <laughs> oh, baby. It was terrifying, you know what I mean? The doctor was like, oh, it could take up to two years to be back. And I just, every day I like did my physical therapy and stretched my knee and stuff. And it was like six months in and the premiere show for the show was the first time that I danced again since surgery. It was just amazing to dance again. It's why I do this, you know, and... Well, look at you now, girl. I know. You back, you're at season I'm 10. And you still Sorry, kicking and splitting and twirling, girl. Taylor Volante boy, any thoughts on Eureka's knee here? Um, well, as we see in the coming attractions for next week's show, that's definitely going to come back to play as part of her storyline, her fears about actually performing and possibly re-injuring herself, it looks like. Um, as uh, knowing people who have had various knee surgeries and sports injuries and stuff like that, it does take a long time for a person to come back. And... You know, I would think that the added stressors of her size probably don't necessarily help with that either. So I can see where she would be terrified of that. The one thing that is a really bad edit with this, though, is where she says at one point, she says, you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm I'm getting emotional. I, I you know, Talking about it makes me cry. And they immediately go to calorie going, did you have surgery? Like, I mean, where it just looks like there's no compassion there at all. It's just sort of a asking questions while somebody is trying to have a, a moment to compose themselves. Yeah. You know, we got, we got the, look, you needed to address the, the knee at ASAP. How is the knee? What's going on with the knee? And they did a good job of it. She talked about it. She was emotional. The one thing I will say now, again, I may be wrong because I was glancing up and down from notes and whatnot, but was yeah. this almost like Jaden Dior Fierce, where the glasses had no lenses, and she was putting her fingers through the holes of the glasses to like wipe her tears? I did not notice that. I w- I wasn't looking for that. So, yeah. but I will. Unfortunately, I won't know until tomorrow when we get the iTunes file. Right. Uh, well, I was just. I was. That's what I was going to say. Was that I? I will watch these again when my husband gets back from Japan, mm-hmm. and we'll. I'll. I'll have to remember to look for that. Yeah. So, uh, if if that's the case, that is. Fucking amazing and wonderful. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I think, though, because she clearly didn't have any lenses on during the confessionals. But I think that could be mm-hmm. a production thing where they had to take the lenses out. 
because otherwise yeah. they'll glare into the camera. But I'm wondering if she had lenses in the workroom. That's what I'm really puzzled by. But yeah, it was it was an emotional moment. It was it was uh, the one organic. No, one of the, one of the organic. They had they had organic mirror moments to this week, and that was organic yeah. when it seemed organic. Even though clearly the producers told the queens ask her about her knee, you know, right. But it, it seemed you you genuinely want to know about her knee, so it seemed organic. Uh, later, yeah. Aquaria notes that Ms. Cracker's makeup looks very similar to her own. So I feel kind of confident with my look, but now right here she's checking out uh, Ms. Cracker. We're both doing like the same brows now too. I noticed, girl. Who? Um, Cracker and Aquaria are doing the same face. I just saw Like, not the same, but the same. Why is she so obsessed with you? I cannot believe we're doing the same makeup. That's the gag. The gag to the gag to the gag, gag, gag. Is this like a frequent thing? <laughs> it's a common moment. But, okay, once again, you know, this is, I brought this up, like, I don't like interviewing the queens. Eureka is being shady shitster here. How is Eureka being shady shitster? Somebody told her about she's it. She's kind of obsessed. She told, she told Aquarius she's kind of obsessed with you. Now, maybe there's things we haven't seen, but have you seen any evidence that Cracker is obsessed with Aquaria? No. And by the way, how would... Are you telling me that... Because I imagine that the makeup is not necessarily pre-planned, but you have an outfit and you have an idea of how that makeup's going to be applied to your outfit. I mean, applied and what colors you're going to choose and whatnot. And I just sort of feel like, look, here's the thing. Whether they like it or not... Aquaria and Ms. Cracker in drag look very, very similar. Okay? Right. So because they have the same skin tone, same color, same build, same look, I think you're just naturally going to put on the same kind of makeup. Well, yeah. Yes. How, how would right. Cracker know what Aquaria's makeup is unless Aquaria told her, I'm going to do all this, and maybe I, I could see, okay, and then Cracker took that and did something. Well, and from the looks of it, Cracker was much further down the line than Aquaria was as far as putting on her makeup. So unless Aquaria walked in and said, hey, everybody, I'm doing the downturned eyebrows and given, you know, Barnum and Bailey clown realness, because that's kind of what her face looked like, Mm -hmm. you know, so and then and then Cracker went, "Ooh, I need to do that. It's just it felt very much uh, manufactured drama. But. The look on Eureka's face when she realized it. I love that look. She she gave that look during the reunion last year. And that was a it was a gif that I had for a while that I would send to friends every once in a while when I would I'd give a surprise thing. But that's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just manufactured drama at this moment. Now, you said let's, let's talk about it here. Since you said it came up in Untucked. Is there anything you want to say about what happened on Untucked that addresses this? No, they didn't actually address the makeup thing. And they talked um, Aquaria talked a little bit more at length about going to different uh, shows or different parties that she was invited to wearing certain things and then two weeks later uh, Cracker would come in wearing almost the exact same thing with the exact same makeup and everything and she said and she said on Untucked it's happened enough times that it's clearly not a coincidence now that makes sense because from you know uh, I've, I've talked to a number of people have heard this Meet the Queens episode they need to call me to defend Aquaria. Aquaria already has her stands out there. Oh, I'm sure. So they've, of course I've she been, does. Uh, She's a cute, young, skinny boy. Of course she does. Somebody uh, messaged me privately on Instagram, a, a, a listener of our show, and then I think Sweet 
not one of a sweet Michael, somebody else who I know personally called me to talk about it, but that Aquaria has been doing drag since she was 14 or 15. And they mentioned, they mentioned right. the episode. Yeah. And that she has been sort of on fire even since then, you know, like been very, very, very popular and sort of the thing. So I could see, cause the one thing I'll say, Ms. Cracker looks very young and not that 30s old. But is that Miss Cracker's age? Yeah. She's 30? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought she was younger. No, no, she's like 30. I mean, you can look it up, but I think could you look it up before I start spreading rumors about her age? But yeah. but she's she's not a super, super super young queen. She looks really, really good for her age. Okay. And mm-hmm. I could see how you're going to look at the person who's cutting edge and trying new things because again to sort of springboard off what we talked about last time is when you're really really young you take risks you know that's Mm -hmm. the part of being young and you do things and you fail a lot of times but you're a risk taker you know and so i think aquaria is avant-garde in her drag in a lot of ways or just takes risks and has a very young young approach to it and cracker probably noticed people i'm sure that was a thing where people were like oh you're you guys look a lot alike. And she's like, oh, you know, I could really, I'm learning a lot from this queen because she's making me cutting edge. You know, to be honest yeah. with you, it's one of the reasons that, not, that's not necessarily true, but I'll, I'll, there's, a, there's a little bit of a parallel as to, I was talking about this today with uh, Cyber Boyfriend and Patreon co-host Evan Ayers. I was talking about our listener, uh, hashtag Tyler H. And I was talking right. about how he's been with us from the very beginning, like since like early season seven, that queen. And he's like, like a young, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he considers himself a drag queen, but there is some sort of gender fluidity, if I'm not mistaken, going on okay. with hashtag Tyler H. Okay. And he's been, he's been a big fan of our show and a big supporter. And I will always remember him for that. He's been with us since the beginning. And I remember about, it was either during season nine or all stars two. Um, he sent me a message privately and he said, you need to get a young voice on the show because you need the young perspective. And that was one of the reasons I was, you know, I asked uh, Evan Ayers to be on the show is to get a sort of more youthful perspective. Not that it's more valuable or less valuable. It's just a different perspective. And so I could see how Ms. Cracker would see that perspective. And I think that's sort of the, not problem, but is an aspect of drag queens because something they're obsessed with is age. And they'll be like 35 year olds and be like, oh, I'm in the bitter lady, old lady brigade. And you're like, but you're 35. That's a baby, you know? But I think in drag. He's 33, by the way. Oh, so he's even older. Cracker's 33. And so Mm -hmm. I think in drag, that's, that's already, it's not old in drag, but you're already starting to get into that older like you're you're putting that established yeah. queen, and so I could see that that happens. Because why wouldn't you like you're 33, you're you're afraid of um, being aged out, and here's this young thing who looks just like you, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be like, that's interesting, you know. I'm not saying that that happens. Yeah. We also don't know if Aquaria is right. Aquaria could be reading into it. We don't know. Does no. Cracker address it at all? No, it's not addressed because it's happening while Cracker is up on the runway oh. during critique. And Vixen says, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to I'm going to ask her about it. I'm going to confront her about it. And the other queens are like, no, don't, don't, 
do that because she said at one point that she faked her way to RuPaul's Drag Race. Who did? And then Vixen accuses Cracker of copy. She copied her way to Drag Race. Oh. By, and and one of the other queens says that's not fair to say that she didn't. She they did the same makeup tonight. That doesn't mean that she copied. And Vixen was just like, no, no. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna ask her about it. I think I'm no. gonna confront her on it for. Well, what a problem with shit stir. But the problem is, yeah, doesn't mean I still want, I still want to sleep with her. But the <laughs> other thing though is she can stir my shit. I'm not gonna tell you with what though. Oh God, ew, Joe, Joseph. Last week on Patreon, we spoke with Jake Dupree about his experience as the eye-fucking twink dancer from the finale of All-Stars 3. Writer Garrett Schlichty and I went deep into the jury decision from the finale of All-Stars 3. Evan and I discussed spoilers for Season 10, and we entertained our supporters with RuPaul Radio. This upcoming week, Taylor and I will discuss the -the behind-the-scenes info about our surprise Season 10 opening. Evan and I will recap Untucked and discuss rumors, and also I'll be sitting with two fashion designers to discuss the entrance and runway look from this week's episode go to patreon.com slash drag race recap to sign up and find out more details now taylor do you know what time it is time to it's i'm assuming it's the looks Your whole body all, all right. right. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> all right, all right. So, okay. Oh, God, stop. Pause. Pause, God damn it. Okay, because I took a video because I couldn't get the lighting right for my camera while I was taking pictures. So, first up, we have Aquaria. And Aquaria is wearing a little Bo Peep outfit with weird little pasties on uh, her uh, boy chest. And it's, I I don't know what this was made of. I did not like the look at all. (gasps) No, no, I did not like the look at all. I give this look a boot. Oh my God, I loved this look. Everything about it. I thought it was so cute, so fresh, so sexy. I, a big toot from Joe on this look. Okay. Next, we had uh, Asia, and she had a look that was where I I don't know what, I did not like this look either. It was a bunch of stuff kind of all put together. She had a dollar store basket resting as a headpiece with things kind of pouring out of it. It was very rainbow inspired where there was just lots of color, lots of bright color. I did like her makeup. She had neon makeup that was kind of fun to look at her very primary colors, but the look itself or her first runway look, as much as I really kind of talked about in the first, uh, the part one of this show that I really like her. I, I was not, I was not a fan. So I give this look a boot as well. I give it a basic toot. Okay. So I apologize because we're kind of going through this video live. So, um, 
So let's see what else we had. Next up was Calorie Kardashian. What's her last name? Kardashian Williams. Williams? Okay. Yeah. And she came out wearing a money outfit inspired by uh, Dollar Bill's Play Money. And the look was not a strong look at all. It did not look well put together. It did look cheap as compared to like Raja's uh, and Manila's outfits from the Money Ball back in season three. So not a good look. I give this look a boot as well. Yeah, horrible. Boot. Yeah, yeah. She deserved to be in the bottom two for that. Yeah, it looks horrible. So, all right. So next up is Blair St. Clair, who is using winch uh, sunscreen uh, visors and look like some sort of like a black tablecloth of some kind. Uh, and then she had where it almost looked like peacock feathers behind her. She had the sun visor kind of done that way. I thought she looked great. I loved the short black hair. It was a little bit more modern and sleek compared to the Mary Tyler Moore realness that she was serving when she first walked in. Uh, so I give this look a toot. Big toot for me as well. It looked great. It looked fantastic. I loved it. Okay. Next up, we have Dusty Ray Bottom, who also had sun visors and used that to make almost a Tin Man suit of armor type dress that was very modern. And then, as Michelle talked about, she put a safety cone on her head. Um, I did not like the makeup. I liked the dress. I do agree with Michelle, though I would have said it, I think, a little bit more nicely, that... Uh, the, the hat was a little too much. It took away from the outfit. Uh, I, I also get that she likes the polka dots. I, I, th there was too many polka dots on her face. I think if her, th if her signature thing is the polka dot eyebrows, then let's focus on that initially. But I, I don't know. So I, I give this look a toot with reservation. Um, It would have been a, a toot for me had it not been for the dumb hat. Also, with the makeup, I don't hate the idea of the dots, but bitch, edit. Yeah, it was definitely it needed a little bit of an edit. Yeah, so it's a it's a boot, but it there was it's sad because there was the potential for a big two. Yeah, I agree. So next up is Cameron uh, Michaels. Yeah, Cameron. Yeah, and she came out wearing astroturf and a kind of like a, a gardening hat and had a bunch of fruit and flowers and everything to, uh, hot glued to it. I kind of liked this. It was a fun, it was a fun look. I'm not going to lie. I was slightly concerned that they were going to make comments about her body. Michelle particularly was going to make comments about that. She does not have a female body. And I'm glad to see they didn't do that. So I would give this look a toot. I am torn. It's, oof. if it's a boot, it's a, it's like a, it could go either way. Um... I'm going to venture towards boot. Okay. I think if there was less queens, she would have been a boot. But yeah. she was definitely in the safe. She was definitely in the safe zone with this. I think part of what it is, is look, she has a very masculine body, which is nothing wrong with that. But maybe don't wear an outfit that sort of accentuates that. And I sort of think it, that this outfit sort of accentuated that. But I would almost suggest she did that on purpose. Okay. She wants to show off. I mean, she's got great arms and great legs. Well, she's got great everything. She's got a really nice body. So it makes sense that she would want to kind of show that off. Are you a fan of the Cameron Michaels? Are you thirsty for her? No. No. Because I, do, I don't necessarily find her attractive in the face. When she was walking around in her little, uh, in her little underwear, 
I mean, it was definitely something. Again, she's got that stupid chest tattoo, but I, I, I liked, I liked what I saw when I looked past the tattoos. But the, the tattoo wasn't so bad. I mean, let's go back to that moment because, one, like, to me, and I know I don't want to say that's mean. There's more to anything than just body, right? Absolutely. And uh, I just, I, I, I sort of feel like Cameron Michaels because of the body is being thrust upon us. Like, oh, this is the queen to be thirsty for, you know? But oh, she's, no. she's yeah. to me the kind of queen that shows her torso on Grinder, And that's and you don't see the face till later. Uh, and not, not, uh, not that there's anything wrong with the face. The face is perfectly fine. But <laughs> Okay, but I, I think that that was a... Yeah, I, I think that I think she's being thrust upon us. I think there are other people that are going to live for the weekly shirtless shot. Yeah, but you know, there, I don't like the false modesty, the walking around in the little jock, jock, jock strap or little underwear and being like, and they're like, all the girls are like, what? And she's like, oh, what? What's wrong? Like, bitch, just own it. Do you know what you're doing? Just fucking own it. That's the thing. I always will praise authenticity. And I have no patience for false modesty. Thank you. Okay. So next up is Monet Exchange, who took a million little sponges and made them into a top. That kind of went into a yellow fabric that I feel like was sort of almost like a Maggie Simpson onesie where she was sort of like walking. Well, I don't know if it was attached to the shoes or if it was she was like kind of walking almost like in a potato sack type thing. Mm -hmm. I know she made reference to I'm actually cleaning the floor while I do this. She also did her makeup so that it looked like she was dirty. But then she wore blue uh blue earrings and had blue diamonds attached to her face and everything to look like it was water, which they talk about on Untucked and drag her through the coals mercilessly about. They make a lot of fun of her. It's actually pretty funny to watch. Um, I like this look, kind of. It's not my favorite look, but I mean, it's it's definitely well into the middle of the safe territory. It could have gone one way or the other. Again, if there were, if there were lesser, uh, if there was less contestants. I could see I could see her being in the being in the top three, but not winning, or being in the bottom three and being safe. Toot! I like it. Okay. All right. So let me see. Let's get to the next one, and that is the vixen who wore pool noodles to kind of create a um, carnival type look. Almost very coming to America, the opening dance scene at the at the engagement party. Um, I thought this outfit, this was this is not drag race caliber outfit. I think the construction is cool, the way that she constructed the skeleton of it. But that's really all it is is the skeleton of a dress. She could have done a ton of things underneath it to make it a little bit more zhuzh it up, to give it a little bit more something. So I give this look a boot. I give it a two. I, I liked it. Even though, here's why I remember thinking this. Bitch, you got a toot this week, but I don't want this to be like a Courtney Act thing where every fucking week we're seeing something like this. Yeah, stop relying on that body, yaddy, yaddy. So, Mayhem Miller is out next. Mayhem Miller coming out in 
looks like garbage bags and also a bunch of gloves that she had that she molded all together. She also had a glove in the middle of her uh, middle of her hairline, um, or rather her part on the top. I I liked this look a lot. I definitely give this look a toot. One thing that I really liked that you could see more clearly in Untucked was that the hair is, it's not black hair. It's not a black color hair. It's like a dark, dark, dark teal. And for some reason, I was fascinated with the hair. And she also, with the orange contacts in it, it made for a very interesting, um, uh, uh, what's the word? It, it, it just made it very interesting, made her very interesting to look at. So I give this look a toot. Very big toot. I loved it. Yeah. All right. Next up is Eureka, who came out in a shower curtain with a hoop dress and a ombre hair, purple going into pink, carrying her dog and then having it looks like uh, candy labels or wrappers as a top. Uh, And she also had a big piece of uh, tool that she was wearing as a sash. This look is not flattering at all to her as a as a girl of size. Um, I think the dress, the the the, the uh, cut of the dress. I understand that we're wearing like a big hoop skirt, but that's almost something where you go real big or you go real short. But the le- the level at which it's it sits, it almost just ma- it makes her. She looks pregnant at times in it. So this was not a this was not a good look for her. But I love the hair. I love the wig. The wig was great. So I give this look a boot. All right. Um, from what I remember, I'm gonna give it a mild toot. I remember not hating it. Okay. All right. So next up is Monique Hart. Monique Hart came out wearing playing cards that she had formed into a bustier and tea tea party level dress and also a collar that kind of came up real high so she looked very queen of hearts and i loved this look i thought this look was great i was surprised that she was safe i would have thought for sure she would have been in the top three um so i give this look a toot i give it a toot as well i liked it yeah so that might have been my favorite look of the night so and then we have Vanessa Vanji Mateo, who came out wearing flowers and Barbie dolls and was wrapped in them and then wearing some weird tool cape. Um, she was a big old mess. It just There was no form to her outfit at all. And she was completely swallowed up by her wig and collar and cape. It just was not, it, it was just, it was too much pink it was just all pink and purple and it was just too much so i give this look a boot Mm -hmm. uh you know what's funny is i will give michelle this as much as she bugged me this week i couldn't articulate what i didn't like about vanessa vanji mateo's dress and then she articulated about how she just like she was just like a head and legs yeah and she got lost in it yeah and i think that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is and that was sort of the problem though yeah so, boot. so, okay. So next up, we have Yehua, 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 Yehua. Yehua Hamasaki came out wearing caution tape that she had made into a long dress with an ankh on top of her head. Ah, uh, it's not. It's not a great dress, and it's one that we have seen before in various ways. Maybe not with caution tape, but with other things. I feel like the. Um, 
party boxes challenge from season six. I feel like somebody did something very similar to this. So unfortunately, I will have to give this look a boot. I'm going to give it a two. It was constructed well. I thought it looked good. But also, like, well, this is what we forget. <coughs> the fucking producers provide the stuff. If they were so, like, well, we've already seen. Why'd they put fucking caution, yellow caution tape in there? That's what she got. You know, she only make a dress with what she's got. And they, the producers chose what was in that stuff. That's the thing. is like, oh, look, she took a sun, like a visor and did this. And yeah, they're doing something creative with what they're handed. But ultimately, the producers provided everything. Yeah. Well, so I just I was I wasn't a fan. I was a fan. I give it a two. All right. Well, f- and finally we have Ms. Cracker, who came out wearing um, the the visors of various hats, sun hats, and a shower curtain to make a '30s inspired '30s or '40s inspired outfit where she was trying to look like a silent screen star, um, a sad silent screen star. This look was great. Everything about this look was great. Uh, I, I definitely give this look a toot. I give the look a toot, but I did not actually, as much as they like, I didn't like the weird runway behavior. I was playing this character on the runway. I wasn't a fan. Okay. But well, I give it a big toot. All right. You give it a boot or a toot? Toot. Oh, I thought you said boot. All right. Well, those are the looks this week. Yay. Yay. On the main stage, RuPaul surprised the girls when she brought out Christina Aguilera as a surprise guest judge. On the main stage, Michelle made Mayhem Miller cry, and Ms. Cracker made the judges laugh. RuPaul named Mayhem Miller as the winner of the first challenge of season 10, and she placed Vanessa Mateo and Calorie Kardashian-Williams in the bottom two. Vanessa and Calorie were forced to face off in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song... Ain't no other man. By Christina Aguilera. In the end, Calorie was asked to stay, while Vanessa Mateo was asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? As a chubby girl myself who has lip-synced to that song many times in the shower or getting Mm -hmm. dressed in the morning, Calorie brought it. I... I was a little worried because I thought I really don't like this. We, like, didn't even really talk at all about Vanessa, and I'm Mm -hmm. fine with that. Um... But so I was a little worried when Calorie got the bottom because I kind of like Calorie. And I thought this is this is one of these songs that a chubby girl can belt out and it looks authentic. 
um, the part where she reached into her top and pulled out all the... At first, I was a little concerned because it looked like she was having some trouble there. But when she reached out and threw all the money up and then did the split, sitting in my house by myself, I went, yes! I, I was super excited when she did that. Mm-hmm. So I am glad that she got to stay. I did, before we. I saw the episode tonight, I sent you a picture mm-hmm. of a list that I made. Because yeah. we talked about it on the previous episode of... Who is going to be in the top half and who is going to be in the bottom half? I decided to make things a little bit easier on myself and to not send you a piece of paper that had a bunch of chicken scratch all over it. I said, will they make it to Snatch Game? Assuming Snatch Game is the top eight. Mm -hmm. And looking at my list, I did have down that Vanessa would not be in Snatch Game. Not make it to Snatch Game. As a prediction, who else do you have not making it to Snatch Game? As a prediction, I have... You, Yuhua, not making it. Okay. I do have Blair St. Clair not making it. Okay. Um, I also have Cameron, Calorie, and Monique. So I you're saying like- Monique Hart, Calorie Kardashian Williams, Cameron Michaels, Yuha Hamasaki, Blair St. Clair, and... Vanessa, Vanessa, uh, Banj- Van- Vanessa, Vanji, Mateo, Mateo. I those are the, the those are the six that those are my first six that I think will go. All right, and then the other ones will all because the match game snatch game is usually eight, right? I I know they've done it at ten before, but yeah, they they, they play around with it. It's usually around close to the halfway mark. It can be seven. They've done it as little as six, I think, um, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, it's around there. It, it's I, sort of seen as the halfway point. I kind of wish they would go back to this. Felt like a lot of queens to look at all at once. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, with a lot of different styles that somehow were all kind of went together and all that. I kind of wish they went back to the season six every once in a while, where they bring six of them in and then another six of them in, so that way there's no place for them to hide as far as. Um, in the beginning, they can't just kind of fall into the middle. I think they should always do that. I think it's that you get to know the, the queens get more time. You get to know them, and you 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 feel more connected to them. I think that's why I have such a better memory for season six queens. Like yeah. I have, I have a, like in a weird kind of way, Magnolia Crawford and Kelly Mantle got more screen time because there were such fewer queens. You know? Oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah, Cameron. Kelly Mantle. On Kelly GHB. Mantle. Kelly Mantle's pointed that out actually. Oh really? That she yeah, was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. When she came in with the, I was thinking, who does she look like? Because I, I, I know that you kind of got a kick out of me coming up with all the different queens. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my god, it's Kelly Mantle. Yeah, I guess. And Kelly Mantle made fun of the shake and go wig. Mm-hmm. That they both obviously had the same shake and go wig. Um. So I'm. You know what's funny is is for a ninety minute episode, I didn't really have much to say or analyze. I guess the two things is I, is I think about it. Um, Yuha, Yuha, not knowing all the different black queens apart, it wasn't uncomfortable. It was funny, especially since Yuha's a person of color. But I don't know. It it didn't sit right with me. Not that I'm angry. Not that I'm upset. Whatever, but it, it's weird the show would put that in there, especially in a show that uh, is so is starting to get more increasingly accused of favoring white queens. 
so that they would keep that moment in. Not that, in other words, let me put it this way. It has nothing to do with what happened in the room. It has nothing to do with Yuha. The, the, the black queens obviously have, obviously have a sense of humor about it. There's no bad blood there. I just don't know how smart it was for them to, especially when, you have this, I guess maybe because they're trying to put stuff in. There was no drama that came of it. It just sort of seemed, why would you put that in there? I guess that's, it was a weird choice, I would say. I can I can see that. I think that they were probably going for humor mm-hmm. there. That it was this funny moment, and it was it was also in some ways kind of a bonding moment between particularly the the black queens, where they were all kind of looking at each other like you know oh she she just goes down the list of all the chocolate you know the chocolate yeah. girls or whatever. Um, but I I hope that doesn't become an issue. I really don't. I I know it's probably there's probably already. Four million definitions of microaggression that are on Twitter and all that kind of stuff right now. It's just it was a silly moment that that no one's no one's feelings were hurt, so nobody else's feelings should be hurt. In my no, opinion. yeah, but, but I'm saying like it's not it. What happened in the workroom wasn't the problem. I, why would they just choose to put that moment in there? It's sort of the weird thing. Next is Mayhem Miller. What are your thoughts? That you got so emotional for winning the first challenge. I I liked it. I thought it, I felt genuine. It didn't feel like like when Calorie won the lip sync. She kind of did things through her hands, or, and she that seemed initially a little dramatic. But um, mayhem, you know, for somebody who has been trying as long as she has, and she comes from a pedigree of is she a Mickey's girl? Uh, I, I'm sure she. I'm sure she performs at Mickey's, but um, she's out in the Inland Empire, which is about, and that's where actually Morgan and Raven and uh, maybe well maybe Mayhem's a WeHo girl because Detox is a WeHo girl, but Mayhem lives about forty miles east of Los Angeles. Okay, so uh, to, to but to be surrounded by people that when you think of it like this. You are a kid who is friends with a bunch of other kids in school, and it comes time for summer, and all of your friends get to go to summer camp, but you don't get to go to summer camp. So, and one by one, each, everybody, you know, everybody gets to go, or you get to go to Disney World. Disney World's probably a better analogy, or Disneyland. You can finally get the tickets to go to Disneyland. You get selected to be the one to go to Disneyland, and on the first day there, you're already super excited and you feel like it couldn't get any better, and then you get to be the MC of the parade going down Main Street, the three o'clock parade. You got really deep into the the workings of Disney World right now. Okay, but <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, if that was you, don't get to go to Disney World, and then you go, and they ask you to cut the silhouettes on Main Street in the silhouette cutting store right next to the ice cream shop, but, but right after the magic <laughs> shop. And you're like, that's really Taylor. Are these your wishes and dreams? I would love to be. I would love to be the family of the day on the parade, at, at the parade. I, that's not the one I want, though. The one I want is to be for Babalu and I to be the family of the day going on the cruise ships. Because or the, the the family of the crews because they pick those and they're the first ones that get to go on the ship and they make a big deal about it and they say your name over the intercom in the port and you stand there in the in the port door that looks like the big mouse ears and everybody is super super jealous because you get to be the first one to go ahead of everybody else and then you get to go upstairs you get to eat and you get to do all that kind of stuff and it's always some family with some silly fucking little kids 
And they're never going to pick a gay couple unless the gay unless it's two dads with a little kid. And it makes me very angry that I will never get to do that. That's the thing that I sit up at night and and just stare at the ceiling and and think about that I will never get that. That's what Mayhem Miller was going through. Only they picked Mayhem Miller to be the family of the day in front of the port so that she got to ride on the cruise ship and got to go in the parade at Disney World afterwards. I think I think Mayhem was totally justified in 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 crying. Very emotional tears. I'm so exhausted. I'm just rambling at this point. But I, I, I stand by every ramble that I'm saying. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Make sure to join us next week and every week as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's J O E. B-E-T-A-N-C-E. 